my highlights of every weekend, as most of you know, going up the mountains is a big part of it. But another part of it is when I get to sit down at a quiet time when my boys aren't hectic in the house, when I get to sit down, open the laptop and open Heyday and read what are always thought-provoking and inspiring articles from many facets of life. And I'm thrilled to be chatting today with Ellie Balfe, the founder of Heyday, on what has become a fantastic platform for women in midlife. And really, what we're going to chat about is perimenopause and Ellie's experience to date. And we've, I'll dip in and I'll share some of my experiences and thoughts about perimenopause as well. welcome. Thank you, Catherine. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you. And so just perimenopause, right? I mean, it's isn't it funny, Ellie? Like, if you think about it, when we started talking first, ah, perimenopause, it was getting more spotlight. We were hearing about it more. My God, now it's everywhere, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, the conversation certainly started with a bang, didn't it? <laughs> For me, it started right at the beginning of the pandemic as well. So I always think of it as this like double P. It was like, what's happening to me? Was it pandemic or perimenopause? Turns out it was both <laughs> at the same time. Double whammy. <laughs> but I didn't, like Catherine, this is the thing. I didn't have a clue what was happening to me. So whilst I think the conversation has moved along so much and all of the work that you do is so vital to that. At that point, like just at the beginning of 2020, for me, I knew nothing mm -hmm. and my friends knew nothing. And we really, there was just, the information wasn't out there. So that's why it's become a bit of a mission for me and for you personally to understand it. And then also to, I guess, bring it into our work. But yeah, I mean, it's a minefield. And I think, did you find, Ellie, because I know this comes up a lot, and it would be my own experience, too, of perimenopause, which I've, I've shared a lot of, but it's, it's the very gradual nature of the symptoms in those early years of perimenopause that mm. catches most women by unawares because it's kind of like, oh, I'm not feeling myself. I'm a little bit less confident. I maybe don't want to go out as much. I'm just not feeling yourself in, in all yeah. aspects of your life, like be it in your work, you know, at home, et cetera, where you just go through this period where I think even you might feel a little bit more introverted and just socially yeah. you're not as up for it, I guess, yeah. than before, you know? Mm. And I think that's the big part that many women don't connect perimenopause. Oh, absolutely. Because I think... I mean, for me, the first symptom was brain fog, but I wasn't fully aware that that's what it was at the time. But exactly as you say, that phrase, I don't feel myself is, is literally it. But it's all these it's like these tiny little almost things that are dissolving slightly, which, you know, you're, it was confidence. It was everything where you just feel less of yourself or you don't. I didn't recognize myself at one point. So the change was actually huge, but slow and gradual. And, you know, I thought it was all about periods. Like, I, I really thought that the only thing would be periods. Obviously, now I know it's it's everything. But it, it was brain fog for me, really, that made me investigate it, to be quite honest. And I walked into the doctor. I did go to the doctor in the end because I, I thought there's something wrong with my brain. I walked in and I said, I don't know. It's, my brain is broken, you know, and it was... But 
directly after that, I mean, obviously she corrected me. I have, I have a great doctor. I'm very lucky to, to have a, a really a female doctor who's so in tune, mm. but, um, I feel very grateful to her for setting. She set me right in that very first consultation that this was probably perimenopause. But what happened then afterwards was confidence. And I think, again, for me, because it was the beginning of the pandemic and it was we were locking down and, you know, all of this stuff was happening. So it was this kind of perfect storm. Um, And I had all of these worries that we all had about health and money and everything. I was in the process of setting up Heyday at that time. So there was a lot going on. But it affected, I had to realize that I could separate the two things, that there was sort of life and the stresses of life that we were all experiencing. But there was also what was happening to me emotionally and physically was perimenopause, mm-hmm. uh, which my doctor could verify at that point. Um, but confidence is a huge thing, really it's huge. huge isn't it? And I think I love the way you say dissolving, Ellie, because yeah. that is what most of us feel like. I think particularly in the early perimenopause years, because you literally, it's kind of like you don't know what's going on unless, you know, look, we get to this future utopia where, you know, where which is what <laughs> I'm pushing for, where we've a lot of education so that we do know what's going on. But otherwise, like you are lucky. You were lucky that you had that support with a GP. I mean, I speak to yeah, hundreds of women who will go to their GP and unfortunately will be told, oh, look, you know, um, you know, maybe make some tweaks, make some changes, you know, you should be fine. Now, that's not all GPs, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. we know it has happened in a lot of cases. But the bigger thing, Ellie, is that a lot of women don't even seek out because they think... Yeah okay, there's just something wrong. I have to keep going. I have to keep Mm -hmm. going and get through it. And Mm -hmm. really, I think that whole, um, that way of thinking, it just doesn't support us, particularly through perimenopause, you know? And that there is a sort of attitude that I see because obviously through Heyday, we're we're telling a lot of people's stories or I'm coming part of the Heyday community is this, it's chronicling women's stories at this age. So my own experience, that of my friends and then that of people that I don't know personally, but are, are kind of mirroring the same story is that there's, there seems to be this kind of stoicism that is attached that I think that women, I, I don't know why we do it. It's something we're inheriting, but it's, you know, it's kind of like, it'll be fine. I'll be grand. I just need to be strong. You know, I don't want to take HRT because of misinformation that we now know mm-hmm. and, and all of these reasons. And then I've seen people, friends of mine suffering with, you know, depressive symptoms. Some people get this rage. Like I, yeah. I was only talking to a really good friend recently and like, she's man, she's cross, yeah. you know, and, and it's not, it's not good. It's not helpful. It's not serving her in any way, but you know, I don't know why it's just people have all these feelings about how they should approach this and I'm like you I want that utopia I'm like (laughs) this I firmly believe that while it does feel like a a dissolving it's also you know bringing greatness and all you know great change is preceded by chaos right that's what it is to me Big time. And I, I always say that, like, you know, it, it is a bit like, you know, it, it's a bit like being on the choppy water. Like, look, life is an ocean and it's a bit like you're going through the choppy yeah. waters in, a, in parts of this. But there is the calm periods. There's those beautiful lagoon beaches, <laughs> all of those things that we're we're moving towards. But I think it's just the 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 initial conundrum of the perimenopause where you're really kind of like, what is going on here? I just, yeah. I really don't understand. And that's where the education piece, look, we know that needs to happen. 
hopefully it will happen. We'll see it in the, you know, I really hope we will see that happen in the next one to two years. But I, I think the, the, it's just really for, um, for women to really just drop. You don't have to be stoic. You don't have to just grin yeah. and bear. It's, it's, there is so much support out there. And it's, I just think it's vital to kind of understand that they, there are options and there's HRT, there's loads of other um, supports that you can use if HRT is contraindicated or it's not for you. I think the main thing is, is on with anything in life, Ellie, we love to have choice, don't we? Yes. Yeah. And information. It's the same as everything. Information is power so that we can make our own decisions then based on actual fact. Mm -hmm. And also what I really believe is, is that we need each other. So we need our women as well around us. I actually really believe more so now at this age, I'm only, I'm, I'm 47. So I'm only really at the beginning of my journey through this personally, but I'm learning a huge amount from women who are older than me that are through menopause that are in the middle of it and it's just it feels like this powerful community that you can connect to if you choose to connect to it and we can almost be sort of guardians for each other as we go through it and I think that's really beautiful you know and that's out there if we choose to find it or tap into it and you know that saying of it it takes a village I see that rep you know everyone always says that and it's often said around you know for younger people you know, around having a baby. To raise a child, isn't it? Yes. Or or all that stuff about, you know, if you can't be it, if you can't see it. There's all these kind of phrases that are more aligned with the younger generation as they're coming up. But I feel the same for us at this point in menopause. I want to see women that are through it. I want to hear their stories. And I think we need, we also need the village right now. Like women mm. need to gather around each other now with the right information and with support and honest storytelling. Because I actually yeah. think that Telling the stories truthfully is like, that's an act of feminism. That's an act of, that is strong, robust support is telling people like what it's really, what it really is, what it's really like, instead of, I felt it was just all, it was so hard to find the information. It felt like it was a secret. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, I think certainly, I think it's, it's been slowly breaking apart, I would say, particularly the last four to five years. But I, Mm. you know, I think we didn't more that needs to happen. But then when I look at, say, other countries, particularly if I go to North America, we're actually ahead of where North America are, you know, are we? Oh, gosh, we are, Ellie, almost definitely. Yeah. In terms of menopause, you know, particularly menopause in the workplace, we are way ahead. And menopause in society being discussed, we're definitely ahead. Definitely ahead. Now, I would say the UK are ahead of us and we're probably, but I think we're, we're, we're making good aligned. Yeah, no, we are making good traction, you know, and I think we obviously like I work, I have a huge amount of colleagues in the UK that I work with and and there's a great like that. It's like, you know, being guardians of it. And there's there's um, there's great camaraderie to across the countries, like also, you know, um, um, Sweden and there's some other countries um, Holland that I've reached out to as well. That connection is always there. There's slight variations like say um, uh, the women in Sweden would kind of say, well, we've no issues talking about sexual health, whereas we have here, you know, so you'll have some variations and things like that. Just going back to what you were saying about perimenopause and you're 47. So I'm 51 now and I started perimenopause when I was about 44. I have, I firmly now 
have perimenopause. No, I don't no, I no longer think about it as just perimenopause. I, I can see distinct stages. And when you talked earlier about the periods, you're right, it's not about the periods. Those very early stages of perimenopause, that's when you feel that dissolving. That's where that confidence comes in as progesterone declines and the hormonal, you know, havoc starts. Then as we progress more through it, I think as you're halfway through perimenopause, you start to see, you know, maybe the night sweats, the hot flushes, and the periods start to change with more mm -hmm. obvious, like, you know, whereas the early days of periods can sometimes just change by a couple of hours. It's that mm -hmm. subtle until it becomes more, you know, pronounced. And I think then as you get closer to menopause itself, you're going into, you're missing a period for three months, the, the, the vaginal dryness, the vasomotor symptoms become, become more pronounced if you're not kind of addressing it, you know. So I think like it's a, if you look at it, it's a long, it's a long chapter, right? Time. <laughs> Would you say it's more emotional at the beginning? Would that be what yes, you, I you understand so. it as? Mm. Yeah, I I would say from thousands of women at this stage that I've spoken to, it's the emotional, psychological aspect at the beginning yeah. that throws them more off because it's yeah. like, where did that come from? Why am I feeling like this? Why do I feel that rage? Like, where's the rage coming from? Where's the the anxiety coming? Where am I? From? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who am I? <laughs> So yeah. I think that is like, you know, and only last week I, I was in a workplace and um, I was talking with a group and, you know, I was saying, you know, where you go from zero um, to 100 in milliseconds. One woman was saying, yeah, zero to a thousand in nanoseconds, <laughs> you know, and it was kind of, but that like, if you don't understand where what where that rage is stemming from, that's scary, particularly when it happens to someone who has been mild mannered and so forth. So yeah, the psychological is big, definitely, really big. Mm, I think so too. Catherine, can I just interrupt for a sec? Mm -hmm. my, I've just noticed my little thing here says mute. Does that mean I'm on mute? No, you're all fine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Hi, Shane, you cut that out. <laughs> I just noticed. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. Um, Sorry. So, no, I think, no. this, yeah, the psychological are big. And that's why I always kind of say, you know, talk about the psychological first. And at the end, I'll talk about the periods because so many people would say to me, but my periods are fine. I can't be in perimenopause. Uh, no, <laughs> that is exactly. not the case. It's all yeah. about looking at the symptoms. It really yeah. is just kind of yeah. letting the symptoms guide you. And the other thing is, like, Ellie, you know yourself, nobody knows your body better than you. Yes, exactly. And this is the time to, to tune back into that. I think for... I mean, obviously we're women and if, if you've had children, you're quite used to being in tune with your body in that respect. But equally, we're very good at just sort of getting on with things, you know, and I think it's, it's a time to tune back in physically and emotionally and psychologically, isn't it? And we're probably not used to that. We're, we're the, we're, we spin the plates. We keep on going. We're running all the time. And it's a case of I found that I had to get a lot more almost contemplative and be sort of like, oh, God, what's happening? What am I feeling? What is this? Can I separate that from anything else that's happening in my life? I had to really get a bit analytical about what was happening. Mm -hmm. And that was difficult because of the brain fog. So I had that 
like Catherine, I couldn't form a sentence. I, I, I thought I had, at one point I thought I had ADHD because I thought I, I couldn't keep all these tabs in my brain open. I just found it really yeah. hard to multitask, you know, and I know multitasking isn't healthy for our brains anyway, but it was just, it felt different. I felt not sharp. I felt I couldn't keep up with the way that I was used to working and creating. And I'm a writer and I, I completely lost my flow of writing. And even now it's a struggle to sort of get it back again, like it used to be. I don't think it's gone away. It's just on, on a bit of a go slow, <laughs> you know, but that was a huge, that, that brain fog I found very difficult. And then that it's like dominoes that in turn would affect me emotionally because I'd worry about it. And then yeah. I felt I'm not myself. And then I was tired. And then it, it is a kind of a domino effect, isn't oh, it? Totally. Totally. It's like, it's like that, that, then this, then this, then this. <laughs> and you know where I firmly believe a lot of the domino starts from is sleep. I oh, always yeah. say sleep is the bedrock of thriving through menopause. And yeah. only last week I was writing the sleep chapter for the book. And the more, oh my God, I just become more and more convinced about it because, you know, we all know if we don't have a good night's sleep, um, you know, we're just, we can't function the next oh, no. day. So when it comes to menopause, if you don't have a good night's sleep, your hot flushes will be worse, your anxiety will be worse, and your brain fog is going to be worse. And to top it all off, you're going to rush for the quick uh, food fixes. You're not going to feel like, you know, making the nutritious dinner because you're wrecked. You know, so I think sleep and the other thing is um, with sleep, sleep is so important for the future. Sleep is so important. We know, unfortunately, that two out of three Alzheimer's and dementia patients are women. One mm -hmm. of the, the biggest areas when it comes to um, dementia and Alzheimer's prevention is looking at your sleep quality. Um, so to me, to me, I would love to be in a place where, you know, we get that education out there and people kind of... <laughs> Dare I say this, get excited about perimenopause, dare I say that? Yeah. <laughs> but, but get excited about it in the fact that this is the this is the chapter where you now start to really look at yourself and preempt your optimum health in the future. So you roll up the yeah. sleeves and you say, right, okay, I'm going to deal with the symptoms, but I'm also going to be very mindful of everything I do now is going to, you know, promote my bone health, my brain health, my heart health, everything, all the exercises, all the lifestyle I do. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of turning it on its head, but I don't take away from the fact when the symptoms are challenging. Um, and it's, mm. just, it's always like it's getting a handle on those, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and sleep, I take magnesium every night because of you. Yeah, <laughs> and it is, it's an absolute game changer. And it, like, I will never be without it. Yeah. But it's, it, it is like, I still do believe that this is a time of awakening and of mm -hmm. reflecting on your life. And I know those are all emotional and psychological things, but it's, it's also, it's a tuning back in. And within that is the health side. So I take, I have looked at the supplements that I'm taking. I, I'm, I'm doing this now with a new focus that I sort of didn't do for a really lot, a big amount of years, you know? Now I'm looking at supplements, I'm taking CBD, I'm taking Omega oils, and I have my little routine that my family laugh at me. They, they call them the <laughs> bottles and jars. And I'm like, it, it's even, I'm like, even if they don't work, it's just really important. I do believe they do work, but it's important that I'm tuning back into the things that are supporting me 
I'm really focused on my sleep. So, and that's working out well because exactly it was affecting my anxiety. I, I had anxiety for the first time in my life, to be quite honest, at the beginning of 2020. And it manifested in claustrophobia, which was really strange. I would get really freaked out sitting in the car. And all of that, I don't know if it was pandemic again, if it was perimenopause or if it's all this big mush of experience. But, you know, I'm, I think that this time is an opportunity as exactly as you say, to look at, okay, the next 20, 30 years yeah. of our lives, this is the time to look at that. Yeah. Like in puberty, we planned our future at that time. So it's the yeah. same. It's like puberty. Reverse. Well, menopause reverse puberty, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and do you yeah. think, um, um, Ellie, do you think now would you see, would you find like the anxiety, do you think has it eased a little bit as you've kind of gone through or what would you say? Yes, it, it 100% has. Mm -hmm. um, but it was very uncomfortable at the beginning because I haven't, it's not really in my my nature. So it's not something that I had experienced before, um, but it has eased. But I have given it attention. So I, I learned to meditate and yeah. I do that now every single day. And, you know, I just do it with the calm app. I'm not this great Zen meditator, but I take the time. I do 20 minutes every day. And that I, I have to say has yeah. been change like that's changed my life it's and like, whether it is just sitting there yeah if it's just sitting there with my eyes closed learning to breathe I've, I've learned all of the breathing techniques and when things because it's also life like life is stressful there has been a pandemic we're in horror the world is awful yeah. so I have learned to breathe and I found myself that I can do that and I can take myself away if I feel I always think of it like a sea. It's like the tide is getting higher. I go and sort of breathe it down, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I've learned that. And that's a skill that I think I'll use for the rest of my life. And it was almost the anxiety that brought me there. So in a weird way, I'm grateful to it. Yeah. You know? Well, that and what you're saying, you know, just reinforces what I believe in that it's the transitory, the transitory nature of the symptoms. Like, yes, there's a long list of symptoms out there. I, I, my current list is 43, but you're oh not you're not going to experience the chances are you're not going to experience all 43 symptoms. And we know that 20 to 25 percent of women actually go through menopause with no symptoms or they're so mild they don't recognize them. But the thing is, is the symptoms change. And that's what I can see when you start to look at the, the different stages of menopause, because what you feel in those initial stages are very different to what you feel as you progress through. And mm -hmm. I would definitely relate to the psychological in the early stages where you definitely just like, what's going on here? And like you, Ellie, brain fog was a big <laughs> one. Like in brain fog, you know, and, and then you start to wonder, God, you know, why am I forgetting this stuff that normally just rolls off your tongue or whatever? Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, but but then something else comes in and something else becomes more paramount. And, you know, you just it's you constantly have to assess where you're at and assess the symptoms. And I think, you know, that term, the, the sandwich years, I mean, the majority of women in menopause are in that, you know, whether it's aging children, parents, and then, you know, life, work, menopause in, in between. Absolutely. You know? It's a very acute time of life, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's all of midlife. That's, you know, it, it's acute, it's intense, but it also is quite amazing. It, it's a great time. Yeah. If you yeah. can tune yeah. into that. 
<laughs> well, let's yeah, but so the creativity of menopause, and I always talk about that. I have a um, thing I talk about the six M's, and and one of them is you know the creativity, the passion that comes with menopause, and you know I know I'm blessed in that I found my passion, and we all have different passions in our lives and and so forth. I'm, I'm definitely very passionate about sleep because I'm obsessed with it, but I'm I'm really passionate about the work that I do. And I know I'm really lucky with that, but it's, it is so important in menopause. I think your body literally comes knocking on the door and it says, right, okay, where's your passion? You know, what is it that you enjoy doing in your life that maybe you need to do more of? Maybe, maybe it's gardening, maybe it's traveling, maybe it's learning a new language, but there has to be something there that fulfills you deeply. There Mm -hmm. really has to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I think about it in this time of life as well. And I know I'm only at really the beginning of this process myself, but it, there is a shedding of certain things. And I think with that, I think there's also this, this call to purpose, like exactly what you're saying. And it's a case of, OK, like this might sound a bit negative, but it's like there's this amount of time left. You know, the, it's sort of a marking of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, what do I want to do? What, you know, what impact do I want to have? Have I had any impact already? What do I want to do at this point with the knowledge that I have? You know, I, it's such a time of reassessment, you know? And I think that's that was why I set up Payday as well, was because lots of reasons I wanted to create something that I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to put these stories out there. Um, And it was very much that was a purpose led mission for me as well. And that it was telling the stories of women in midlife because I just didn't see them out there in in one place, you know. So that was that was the point of it. But I think it's the time again of tuning back into what's important to us as women and as individuals and not just within the family or not just within the workplace and all those other structures that we exist within. It's like who am I and what do I need to do? And that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, I think that's where it, it is a time of it's renewal. And I think it's really just being able to look at it and just look at it objectively in terms of, you know, where, where is the next chapter? And like you just said, you know, you started heyday and the amount of women I'll speak with Ellie who at some stage in their perimenopause journey either may start a new business or they may change the role they're doing at work or something changes some aspect of their life changes sometimes it's so subtle they don't actually even realize it until you actually say did you realize you know you've you have actually changed what you're doing but they're like oh okay yeah okay yeah even oh so go on and no, I was going to say on the online course I was doing, we finished up last week and, um, you know, one of the one of the girls were saying um, there's a, a new opportunity that's come or actually two of them, new opportunities have come their way. And I was just like, brilliant. That's it. That that to me is that's part of those the magical ingredients of menopause where you attract something, you know, because you're changing, because your life is changing you know, great things start to happen, I guess, you know, and, you know, and yes, your symptoms, (laughs) your symptoms will start to be more controllable as well. But I think it's just, 
the opportunities that come with it, I think it's really important that we don't get bogged down by the symptoms. And I'm a huge believer and we have only one life. And I think the older I get, the more I'm just so convinced of that. We've only one shot at this. And the older I get, I definitely think, well, by God, I want to make it the best. I really do, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's you have to follow your passion or follow your purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing, like you say, with the women that you've met, um, we do a feature on Heyday called Inner Heyday, where we tell women's stories. And I ask them these kind of 40 questions, but they're very they tell a great story of a woman's life. And one of the questions is, do they feel that their creativity is sinking or surging in midlife? And they all say surging. Oh, that's brilliant. And I I just love that in that there's, you know, and this idea, you, you read so much out there as well about the, the, they're calling it the pandemic pivot, this word pivot, everybody's had to pivot because of possibly circumstances or, you know, work going away or whatever happened in the pandemic. But it's more like a perimenopause pivot, I think. It's this, it's what you say, they're harnessing this new energy and this new focus and applying it to their lives and creating something new. And it's gorgeous. And I see it everywhere. These women are doing Obviously men too, but, you know, women are doing new things. There's this feeling of sort of a surging of of industry and creativity and connection and all those things. And that's the beauty of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, yes, I, you know, the Japanese, um, they don't have a dictionary word for menopause. They do have a chapter in a woman's life and they call it Kinenkai, which loosely translates as renewal years and energy. And I just oh, I love, love that. that. Now, I do, I will state that we do know the Japanese woman's experience of menopause is changing because the Western influence, you know, is, is you know, coming okay. in more. But it is a lovely way to look at it. It's it's just renewal, renewal. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like another go. You get to yeah. go again with a new energy, having yeah. lived a good bit of life. Yes, yeah, yeah. Haven't gotten over the roaring uh, 20s, 30s and maybe some of your 40s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And would you say, Ellie, you mentioned earlier about your doctor. Um, you know, what's your experience, you know, personally or from Heyday as well? Do you think, are we are we making headway in terms of um, GP education and so forth? What, what do you think? Broadly, I would think yes, Catherine, I, I, I would. Um, again, because of people like you, and I mean, there's so many people that have been, you know, breaking ground in this conversation. So it, it, I don't know. Anecdotally, I'm hearing that the experience is, is better yeah are you you must be yeah I am I I just was interested see I I I I do I mean I probably say for every five good experiences I maybe hear you know maybe one or two it's definitely um it's definitely changing it is changing so I'm glad to hear you're hearing the same we still have a long way to go though a long way to go but I also have great faith in the generation under us I think they are coming up while it's kind of you know, our generation, a little bit older, there's been all of these amazing, like we're standing on the shoulders of giants in that respect. So you're like pushing through and breaking this conversation wide open. But I think that like the millennials and all of those people that are coming in their mid thirties, like they're amazing and they're full of fire and they're feisty and they're like, there's no taboos. There's nothing like, they're just not going to have a menopause like other women have had over time. They're just not going to allow it. You know, (laughs) I think that's really inspiring. Yeah, Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I guess, and that's why like, 
you know, everything we do now to me and like I don't have girls, I have three boys. <laughs> they won't directly um, uh, benefit. But, you know, it's it's the generations that are coming. Plus also, you know, women now who are starting it, you know, there are many women who are starting perimenopause and they know what it's about. And I find that simply beyond exciting <laughs> yeah. because you you that's a change that's a change you know when you hear yeah. women kind of saying you know they're not saying well what is perimenopause you know but absolutely yeah that was me in 2020 I had didn't I had never in my life heard the word perimenopause obviously menopause but perimenopause is like no sorry what is that um, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I, I knew, I definitely, I was well aware of it, um, which I guess, but even saying that, as well aware of it as I was, I still struggled to join the dots together. And it was only after, like, you know, I talked about I had a flooding incident in Copenhagen, then I had brain fog um, incidents at work. There was numerous things that all just kind of lined up together until it was finally like, okay, right, it's in your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, because as we know, when it comes to perimenopause, there's no blood test is going to tell you, you know, Catherine, yeah. you're in month six of perimenopause. It's all about the symptoms. You know, all the yeah. blood tests do is just eliminate any other underlying condition, you know, particularly like thyroid and iron, because they look so similar. They look so similar to perimenopause, you know, right. and a lot of... A lot of people get confused with that. You know, can I get my bloods done? And I always say, yes, please do get them done because I want to know mm -hmm. you don't have a thyroid imbalance or, or anything else is going on, but they are not, they're of no benefit. Um, yes, exactly. And that's actually back to my, my great GP that I'm, I'm so lucky to have. She said the same. She did when I went in, she said, right, we'll look, we'll look at the bloods. We, mm -hmm. So she did the blood test, but she was fully led by my symptoms. Yeah. So she yeah. said, I can tell you right now, this is what's happening to you but we'll send the bloods off and have a look. Yeah. And then it actually did show up in the blood test too, at a degree where she was happy, you know, to say these align. Yeah. Um, but she has symptoms, she goes, I'm looking at you, I'm hearing you speak. I actually burst into tears because I thought I had dementia. Really? I yeah. really and also I was so worried. I was like, I have dementia, you know, yeah, I, know. I was worried I know. for my daughters that they had, yeah. you know, this happening to their mother. You go in yeah. carrying all this fear and worry. Mm -hmm. So she, thankfully set me right in that one conversation so yes I'm, I'm so lucky to have her that's so like I just know the relief that comes with that because I think when 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 you know when women are there and they're kind of like god well it could be this that and my god if you if you if you consult Dr Google well forget it you've probably only got 48 hours to live anyway <laughs> but, exactly. but, but, you know, but it's kind of it's so the relief when you actually feel you, you hear that this is normal. Like I know when, you know, before COVID, when I would do talks around the country, you could see it like women were sitting there and visibly, visibly, visibly left those rooms lighter yeah. than when they came into it because they kind of understood, my God, I am not going mad these are symptoms of perimenopause, you know, yes. from the brain fog to the anxiety, to the vaginal dryness, to, you know, not feeling your libido is non-existent, you know, mm -hmm. all of these things that cascade and you're sitting there wondering what's wrong with me. There's nothing yes. wrong with you. Your hormones are starting the change of perimenopause. That's what's mm -hmm. happening. 
Exactly. And that's it. It's joining the dots, isn't it, Catherine? It is. Yeah. It's like it's like, you know, it's like putting putting a puzzle together and just kind of, you know, figuring out that equation and you know, woo the light bulb, yeah. the light bulb mom, moment that comes, you know, with, with exactly the, the, the dawn of awareness. But this and this is what we have been lacking and what we really need to change is that the awareness is out there. And, and as you know, Ellie, uh, you know, I, I really hope we start to see that in secondary schools and on through, you know, into into society, into workplaces. And, you know, I, I don't feel there's a lot of talk about workplaces at the moment. And I do a huge amount, as you know, in workplaces. And we've brilliant companies coming on board, um, not just in Ireland, but internationally as well. But I think we've also got to be conscious of the fact that the burden of menopause education shouldn't be on the workplace. You know, it's it's it needs to be held across. It has to be a 360 society, Absolutely. healthcare. The whole every everyone has a part to play. Um, and yes, every, everyone's uh, business, you know. Absolutely. And at every level and in the home and spoken about by men and fathers. Yeah. And, you know, I have I have two daughters, as you know, a, a teen and a preteen. So it's a hormone house, basically. <laughs> <laughs> But we, you know, I talk about it really openly because I have decided yeah, to brilliant. for them, but also for my partner and his yeah. son. And I'm like, listen, we are talking about this. This is there's no shrouding this at all. Not not on my watch. But that's so liberating. Like, like, you know, the amount of times, you know, women will say to me, God, I remember my mother going through menopause, but we didn't talk about it, you know, and it's like, our, and in some cases, um, I think someone said to me, sometimes they used to call it the mental pause or something, you know, in other cases, they will have talked about it, but the majority, it won't have been talked about. And I think yes, exactly. that's where, Ellie, what you're doing for, for your kids, for your family, what you do like that is precious. It's beyond precious because it means that, when they recall these years, there's no mystery behind it. It's like, well, that was menopause and mom talked to us about that and we got mm -hmm. all that. And yes, there could be narky days and different things, but yeah, understood because you normalized it. Mm, yes, exactly. I think it's it's almost like a, a permission to, for mm. it to be normal, not that we need Powerful. a permission. That's the wrong word, but it's, you know, and the, the, the kids, the girls just kind of think it's really boring at this stage. So I keep <laughs> banging on about it. So it's, it just needs to be normal. It just needs yeah. not to be a thing or a secret yeah. or yeah. a big thing to talk about. It's just, it is what it is. It's just here, like everything yeah. else is. A normal stage of life. Yeah. And um, before we go, what top tips would you give? Maybe pick three or five, I don't know, to anyone oh who's, who's in perimenopause. Go to the doctor, mm. talk to your friends, uh, talk to your mother. Um, I think it's really helpful to talk to, to old women that are older than you. Yeah. Um, again, just to have it normalized. That's the whole thing, that it's normal. Um, I For me, it's all about information. It's about the storytelling, hearing other women's stories and the actual factual medical information, like what you're doing, Catherine, like what some of the other great guardians of menopause are doing and uh, just understand what's happening. And then really quickly, if you're not feeling okay, try to get the help. Um, and that might be psychological. Um, you know, I started seeing a therapist myself last year because I thought I'm just need a bit of help navigating this. Yeah. And it's been incredible. It's yeah. like, just if you can do the things that are going to get you the help. Yeah. Yeah. This is no point in suffering. 
There's no, just no point. There's, what, yeah. As you say, there's only one life. So there's, there's no point in suffering. Yeah. So I think my whole, I'm rambling now, but it's just get the information and then quickly act. If you can yeah. act. Yeah, and I think that's very powerful, Ellie, what you're saying in relation to, you know, having the support is so important, particularly in early perimenopause, because I find that's the time the majority of women feel very lonely. The yeah. early perimenopause years, mm-hmm. you can feel a little bit like um, that ship lost at sea and just kind Absolutely. of, you know, so, you know, I think, you know, I think they're they're very valid, very, um, you know, support is is key yeah and, and other women yes yeah yeah sharing stories <laughs> when i started when i was 44 i definitely majority of my friends did not want to talk to me about menopause <laughs> whereas now it's like oh tell me this oh and what about this <laughs> yeah i'm sure you're driven demented <laughs> <laughs> like okay we're out no menopause yeah no menopause talk okay. <laughs> Lots of things in the pipeline, actually. Um, the community is growing. There's a, a beautiful community growing around it, which is really gorgeous. And I have to say, I really love it. It's it's fully my my own personal purpose. Um, what's next is a heyday podcast, which I've been uh, swearing I was going to do for a very Brilliant. long time, but I, I am doing it. And within that will just be stories of midlife. So it, it isn't necessarily just menopause, although that is the commonality, um, right. but just telling stories. I think what people, what the, the members of Heyday want is uh, more audio content. So that's what we're going to do as well Brilliant. as just the articles Brilliant. on the site. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, that's so. really exciting. The next thing. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. But we look forward to that. That would be great. And Thank I'll you. put all the details of Heyday in the show notes and everyone can um, listen to that. So thanks, Ellie, for joining me today. And thanks to everyone for listening. I hope you got some nuggets of information. And I think above all, I hope you got some inspiration, um, you know, for these years in your life that, you know, there is always light at the end of the tunnel.